0: This is episode number 46 with three-time MMA world champion, Michael Chandler. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Today I bring you the first ever live podcast interview that I've ever done. Back on Sunday, June 23rd, I hosted my first ever event at Training Camp, which is a gym I coach at, and it's owned by three-time MMA world champion Michael Chandler. The event consisted of a 45-minute workout, which was followed by this live podcast interview, which you all are about to listen to. This was a super special interview for me because I've gotten to know Michael pretty well over the last seven months and am fortunate enough to call him a role model, a mentor, and a friend. Michael has inspired me ever since I first heard him on Lewis House's School of Greatness podcast, and right when I started this show, I knew he would be a dream guest to have on, and now we've made it happen. Today, Michael and I talk about self-image. Michael talks about how his relationship with his own self-image has changed throughout his career and how important it is to be continually working on it with yourself. He talks about his failures, why they happened, how they happened, and how he's been able to respond, rebound, and become stronger because of them. He talks about his beautiful adopted son, Hap, the adoption process, and how the moment he first saw a picture of him changed his life forever. Michael talks about his relationship with his wife, Bree, how they support each other, and what makes their relationship mesh so well. I love doing this live podcast interview. I thought going into it, I was going to be more nervous since it was in front of a crowd, but it made it even more of a natural conversation. And we were able to feed off the crowd's positive energy. I can't wait for you to hear and learn from a guy like Michael Chandler, who is the best in the world at what he does. Make sure you share this with your friends, nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And while you're listening to this episode, take a screenshot of it and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me and Michael at carrier underscore best you and at Mike Chandler MMA. And remember guys, I have a podcast giveaway going on right now and your last chance to enter is 6 p.m. tonight. 6 p.m., just a few hours away, so make sure you get your entry And now, nickcarrier.com slash giveaway. The way you enter, all you gotta do is follow me on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a quick rating and review, and you have a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card a Best You coffee mug, and two Best You pens. A $70, $80 value, guys. Don't miss out. Make sure you get it in by 6 p.m. tonight for your chance to win that giveaway. Also, for those of you here in Nashville, guys, I'm having another amazing event. This episode right here with Michael was my first ever event. It was a workout and a podcast event, and it was awesome. I had about 70 people there, and I'm doing it again on Saturday, September 14th at 10 a.m. at Yeehaw Brewing Company. Again, don't miss out. Saturday, September 14th at Yeehaw Brewing Company at 10 a.m. It's going to be a 30-minute workout, a 30-minute podcast interview with Will Morad. Will just finished 10th in the CrossFit game, so he's the 10th fittest man in the entire world, and he's from right here in Nashville. It's going to be an awesome event. Make sure you get your ticket at nickcarrier.com slash events. Again, Saturday, September 14th, 10 a.m. at Yeehaw Brewing Company, nickcarrier.com slash events, 30-minute workout, 30-minute podcast interview with 10th fittest man in the world, Will Morad. Don't miss out. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with three-time MMA world champion, Michael Chandler. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I am absolutely fired up today because I have the man with me, Michael Chandler, uh, the legend. Appreciate you joining me today, Mike. Everybody, I appreciate you guys coming here. If you're just listening on audio, this is a live podcast interview, first one I've ever done. uh, Super stoked about it to have... Everybody here with me today. We just crushed a forty-five minute workout, didn't we, everybody? Oh, wow. That was pretty good. I hope the mics. Hope the, I know. I hope good. the mics catch that. Okay. <laughs> All right, basically, guys, you guys got a little taste right there on that the hype video of who Michael Chandler is, but to introduce you a little bit more, he's a three-time MMA world champion, been uh, fighting back since 2009, and today we're going to get into a lot of the fighting stuff, but as you could see at the end of the video, he's also a family man, uh, a husband, a father now of his son, Hap, that they adopted not long ago, and we're going to get into that story as well, Um, so really fired up to get into a bunch of that, but basically the way I want to start today, Michael, is I haven't really heard too many stories about your college days, so... He's from Missouri, from what, Highland, Highland Missouri? High Ridge. High Ridge, Missouri? High Ridge, Missouri. High Ridge, Missouri, small town, just over 4,000 people. Um, and then he went to the University of Missouri and walked on as a wrestler. And so basically what I, what I want to start with today is, did you know when you were going to Missouri that you were going to try to walk on, and is that why you went there? Or what was the whole purpose behind going to Uni- University of Missouri? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think, I'm glad we're starting with this because that, that was that decision was pivotal decision that changed the trajectory trajectory of my life forever. I would not be sitting right here had I not had I not just not listened to the people that were around me. You know, um, I had I had family members, I had friends, I had teammates, I had coaches, I had everyone in my community saying, "Hey, you know, you have this this Division two, this Division three school, this NAIA school offering us, you a scholarship," but for some reason, the yearning in my heart, the, the the calling in my heart, something told me that, you know, Michael, if you're gonna wrestle, wrestle at the, the Division I level. Wrestle, wrestle at a at a level in which you may fail, you may come back from Christmas break, you may come back for the summer break with your hat in your hand and, and all of those people would have been right. They could have been right. And you could have said, hey guys, you were right, I couldn't make it, I couldn't hack it, I quit, or I rode the bench or whatever. But making that decision to walk on to the University of Missouri, I you know, I knew going there, I was going to walk onto the team. The coaches knew I was going to walk onto the team, okay. so I wasn't. I was invited to walk. They, you know, it's it's a it's a nice way of saying, hey, of course you can be a part of the yeah, team. Yeah, we're not going to give you, you money. Margaret, but don't expect anything in return. And as a matter of fact, Coach Smith, who is one of my favorite men on the entire planet, is still the coach there at University of Missouri. Right. But he didn't make eye contact with me or talk to me for like the first 365 days. No way. You know, so so when you talk about Jumping into a a situation where, you know, there was multiple times state champions from California or Pennsylvania or New Jersey or these really, really big wrestling states, and I was just a fairly a, you know, I was barely a state, I was barely a state finalist um, at the state of Missouri. I was very much not an outcast because I was likable, but people didn't think I was going to make it. And it was that decision to walk onto that team, and then I ended up becoming an All-American, and then because of that meeting, Meeting the right guys and got me into my next martial arts career.
0: Yeah. So solely like your own motivation to go to do Missouri because other everybody else in your corner was saying like don't do it. This is going to be a mistake. Go other places.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and I, I think one of the one of the biggest things too is we can we have so many people around us that we love. You know, family members and mentors or coaches. They they didn't they weren't saying don't go to Mizzou because you know we we don't want you to take a chance on yourself. They just wanted the safety and the security that was desirable to them. And mm. I think. In a lot of ways, safety and security is poison in, in a lot of our lives because the safety and the security will get you to a certain point, but there's always going to be something that there was always going to be something left unsaid or something left unaccomplished. If, if I would have went to a smaller school and say I was a, a multiple-time national champion, I always would have had the but what if I would have wrestled at Mizzou? What if I would have taken a chance on myself? I may not have been a national champion like I was at the, at the, the lower level, if you will, mm-hmm. but I at least know that I gave it my all, I walked on and I, I put threw myself into the fire that at least if I was going to fail, I was going to fail while daring greatly and there was nobody in the entire world that could take that from me because that would be my loss and my journey and my falling short. But it turns out that it ended up working out pretty darn well for me and you know, here I am sitting here because I made that decision. And um, like I said, the people around me didn't say, don't do that because, you know, we don't want the best for you. They just, they, they, they valued safety and security a little bit more than I did.
0: Yeah, so the motivation was basically because, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it. Because I think, like, everybody, me included, everybody out there has things that, like, we're secure in. Whether it's, like, it could be a job, it could be a style of workout. And it's, it's like, working for us now, but we know there's probably something else out there better for us. Um, And a lot of us have better support systems than you did. So I want to like, first off, acknowledge you for being able to jump outside of that. So what can people do to start breaking that barrier down of like, I need the security? Like, what's the first step in order to break down needing the security?
1: I I think I would say two things. Number one, you have to be able to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And number two, you have to do things daily that scare you. Now, when when I talk about trusting yourself, I'm talking about just, you know, making a list of three things that you're going to do today and getting them done. It doesn't have to be starting a business or making a million dollars. It could be cleaning your room, or it could be doing that load of laundry that's piled up in your corner. It, it could be throwing away the pizza boxes. It could be whatever it is, three small things. So, because when you reinforce those small things, you know, just like the Bible says, if a man can be trusted with the small things, the little things, eventually he could be, he, he be trusted with the big things, you know, and that's kind of what how I, I live my life because there's been times and even even I'm in even, even a season right now that I have spread myself so very thin. I mean, mm-hmm. we're standing in this 2,000 square foot facility that has added you know added stuff to my plate and I have my, my fight career. and I have all of my sponsorship obligations. I have my child and my wife and, and all of these things that I want to do. So there's, there's, a, there's so many opportunities for me to be spread thin and so many opportunities for me to quote unquote fail at the small thing. Right. So I have to, I have to redefine every day what I'm going to do, what I'm going to get done. So, so when the day is done, I lay my head on my pillow. I said, okay, I trust you, Michael Chandler to do what you say you're going to do. And then number two on the opposite end of the spectrum, not just the small things, but also doing things that do scare you mm. call the people that scare you be around the people that scare you and not, not that they scare you, you know, in, in certain ways, but they, you know, that they are something that you aspire to be. So therefore you are around them. Um, and they can bring you up to their level because hmm. you know when, when it comes time for that game time, you uh, you have to be you have to know that you put in the work and you have to know that you have surrounded yourself with the right people and, and do the things do the things that are scaring you daily. So, that even if you fail, you fail while daring greatly, and nobody mm-hmm. can take that away from you.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I'm here today, I'm scared shitless of you, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but I want to go back to the uh, the first thing, the, the self trust, because that's something that I feel like it's been a, a powerful thing in my life. And I like how you said, like, name out three things and then complete them, do them, because you build that self confidence. Because I really believe that a big differenti- differentiator between people who are successful and people who aren't are the people who will fall through with the promises that they make to themselves. And like you said, you start small and you kind of build that reputation with yourself and then you can go a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. If you start with cleaning up your room and or just like brushing your teeth, something super small, it can escalate. But I want to ask you, you know, you talked about all those different things that you have going on after you kind of like make the list of things that you need to do each day, how do you hold yourself accountable to following through with those promises?
1: That's one of the hardest parts. And, and I love what you just said, uh, reputation, like your reputation with yourself. Because we don't think, we, we just think we're these, you know, these these beings who are, who are walking around this earth and we're, you know, the sun comes up and we, you know, we go about our day, But you have to, you cannot, and this is one thing that I, I tell myself daily, a human being cannot consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way he or she sees himself. Mm. So if you do not see yourself as... Trustworthy. If you, do not, if you do not see yourself in my, in my profession, if I don't see myself as a champion, I'm going to win sometimes. It's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to win outside and, and perform outside of my, my view of myself every now and then, but I'm not going to be able to consistently perform in that manner. So you take that self-image, you take that self-confidence and you take that, that self-respect and that self-trust and you try to build it every single day. Um, and have a reputation with yourself. You know, why do, why do we buy certain brands? Why do we, you know, why do, why are we drawn to certain things? Because that brand or that, that entity or that company or that, that product has a reputation and the reputation it has with you is successful or convenient or, or it makes me feel happy or feel good. Um, but I think I think the biggest thing is, is redefining, like you said, when you talk about becoming your best you, redefining and defining uh, because it'll change. You know, when I was 18 years old going to Mizzou, I had to define who I was and what I was. Now at 33 years old with, with so many more things on my plate, the definition of myself and who Michael Chandler is has changed and will continue to change and will continue to evolve. Um, but I think, I think those three, three small things and then the three, the three big things that you can chop away at. You know, Like a- Abe Lincoln said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I would spend seven hours sharpening my axe. So you mm-hmm. talk about the preparation, you know, you talk about the preparation every day. For me, it's physical and it's mental. Um, and when I talk about outside business things, I talk about other, you know, things like here at the gym, uh, having the right people around me and making sure that every single day I can visualize and I can see and I can touch and I can almost taste who I want to be. I am not who I want to be today.
0: Um, and I want to keep, keep chasing that man and keep chasing that the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, dude. So I want to get a little bit into your career now. So you start in 2009, kind of a quick entry, and started 2009 in August of 2009. And then in November, I think, or June of 2011, forget exactly the month, 2011, he wins his first world title. He wins his first belt, of um, total of three. So it's kind of a quick jump into it. Then you have some success, more success, more success. And then what you talk about a lot is this stream of losses that he had. Three losses in a row. And when, and when it comes to fighting, three losses in a row... Comes 688 days apart, so that's talking close to two years without a victory. And when you don't win in something like, how many times things run through your head? I want to I want you to talk about that time period, about kind of like how and why that 688-day period came about.
1: Yeah, you know, I I can sum it up with just I was not prepared to lose. You know, um, I was prepared to win, and I and I had gotten used to winning, You know, like you said, I. I knew I was going to be tough. I knew I was going to be good. I knew I was going to at least have mild average or above average success because of my, my, my time at Mizzou. So I knew when I, as soon as I got into the sport, I could walk into the cage, look across the cage and know that I put in more work than the man standing across the cage with me. And I was going to win most of the time. Um, but when I had that first loss, immediately I went from thinking I was, Destined for greatness, that I was destined to be the best, that I was destined to to make an impact in the sport, that I that I had all these abilities, I had all these powers, I had all these I had all these attributes that that was going to propel me to the top of the world. Instead of, I went from believing all that to immediately, as soon as the other man got his hand raised and that belt um, got taken away from me, for some reason, the seeds of self doubt and and the self you know the self um, the self self doubt and the, and self negativity immediately went inside the head and instead of, and instead of saying, Hey, you know what I lost failure is an event, not a person. Mm. I immediately went to Michael Chandler's a failure. I knew you weren't as good as you thought you, you know, they thought you were right. the media knew they weren't as good as they thought you were. Everyone knew that you were all this hype and, and, and you were a hype train and eventually it was going to get derailed. So everybody loves a winner, but, but everybody loves a comeback story, you know? And, uh, and instead of losing that fight and building myself up and having myself around the right people or really st- taking the, the exploration, self-exploration process of diving into, okay, why did I lose? Why do I have these self-doubts? Why did I have these, these negative thoughts? I just kept, kept letting them go. And I was trying to be perfect, you know? Mm. I put so much pressure on myself because I, I was 11-0 or 12-0 at that point. Undefeated I'd finished nine nine of my opponents in the first round or within the first couple minutes So you get used to winning and, and you and you you also are trying to be perfect so every time I got a punch landed on me in practice every time I every time I didn't have a, a, a Perfect practice every time I didn't do as, as well as I wanted to I saw that as another loss. So I got into this downward spiral of Focusing on being perfect, which is absolutely impossible if anybody ever thinks that they can be perfect. They're not going to be um, and that led to another loss and then, then it got even worse and that led to another loss. And then 688 days later I finally got a win yeah. and got back in the win column. And it wasn't until then that I finally took extreme ownership of what goes on inside my brain and what goes on inside between these big cauliflower ears of mine. <laughs>
0: I got to it that bad. Everybody else is laughing. So um, no, but I'm glad you said the, the perfect thing because a, a quote that I've heard you say a lot and what's kind of changed the game for you is that you haven't worked on trying to be perfect, but you now you just try to be successful. So I want you to just talk a little bit more about what how that flipped the switch for you and how that mindset shift has really benefited benefited you from here on out in your career.
1: You know, it's hard because. Um I I know that God put me on this earth to to be on a platform to reach people through through the sport of mixed martial arts, um, and I know that for a fact. But sometimes we can become sometimes we can become um, so focused on that that we forget that we're just human beings and we're fallible, you know. And I wanted to be perfect, so you, you think, oh, I have this calling in my life, so I have to do everything perfect, and I do. And I think that's part of the problem is I I do do everything perfect and I, I don't do the things that a lot of guys in the sport do and i and i do focus on the right things um you know and, and then it, it, but at some point you have to just kind of throw your hands up in the air and say this isn't that big of a deal right. you know if, if mixed martial arts got taken away from me tomorrow my god still loves me my family still loves me and i still love me mm. you know and those are those are the three most important things to me and uh and then you just think about it. I really started looking at it from an outsider's perspective and I, I looked at everybody that I loved and everybody I looked up to, whether I, I knew them personally, whether I have them on my phone and I text message them and they're, they're a close friend of mine, or they are some person that I only see on the movie screen or I only see them on YouTube or I only see them in, in, in social media. Those people that I look up to, every single one of them have failed so many times, yet it was because of those failures that they have become who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can, we can get so, we can get so caught up in the selfish looking at the person in the mirror and, and, and it, it'll constantly just eat at you when you're trying to be perfect. And, and just, you know, you realize that just, just Google people that failed, you know, and there's yeah. millions and millions of these high level people that we all look up to that have failed numerous times until they were finally successful, you know, and, uh, it, like I said, it, focusing on failure being an event and not a person and knowing that each each of those failures is just something that that if you could go from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm without losing the steam and unfortunately for me you know a lot a lot of us in this room if if, if i fail you know if you guys fail at the workplace and you fail you know wherever there's only a few people looking at you unfortunately for me <laughs> i get knocked out of it. there's millions of people that see it when i right. lose there's millions of people that see it so so you can make it much bigger than it actually is but that's those are my losses that's part of my journey that's part of my my story that, and it's part of my masterpiece that I'm painting that someday my son will be able to look at, and it's not about the wins and it's not about the losses, it's how I carried myself through it all, because I truly think that's what he is going to want to model himself after, not some great world champion fighter, but a man who stuck to his game, stuck to his his beliefs and, and pressed forward in the face of adversity.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's awesome to just bounce back, and you've done it numerous times, so actually I didn't even really realize this until not long ago, but to be a three-time MMA world champion, you have to lose the belt a couple of times. I didn't realize that, so you only, if you just keep it, you're just still the one time or two time or whatever it is, so you've lost it a couple of times, and you know, that 688 day period was was tough and you bounced back a number of times after that. What are the keys to bouncing back? Let's, Let's draw out this person right here, the person who loses, the person who's failing 688 days in a row, and then who you are now, who you could have been, like, only that didn't have much longer of a career. What was the separator between those two people? Like why are you where you are now and not where you could have been?
1: I, I think I, I think I became comfortable and and I became comfortable with with okay I'm you know I worked hard so if I work hard good things will happen but 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 we do forget and we underestimate what's going on inside of our minds. And and all of a sudden it can go months and months and months and it's and it's building up the pressure is building up the, the self you know, the self negativity is building up and you don't really quite realize it until all of a sudden you have a, you know, a bad performance or a bad breakup or a bad, you know, something bad happens at work or something bad happens in a relationship or something bad happens on the news. And all of a sudden, you know, something just kind of snaps and and you, you go from winner to loser really quick, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think I, I started Realizing that every single day something needed to be done to build myself up spiritually mentally and physically mm. I got the physical all day long. I'm, I'm yeah. here working out twice a day You know six days a week when I'm, when I'm on and but it was the mental side of things. It was the okay. Who is Michael Chandler? What can he do every day to, to be built up not just muscle wise not just athleticism, but mentally? How, how do I become the most mentally strong and not just mentally strong like I can sit in a nice bathroom seven hours, but mentally strong when when something goes the wrong way or I get embarrassed or, or someone does me wrong, you know, or, um, or I don't like a certain thing about myself, how can, I, how can I make sure that I don't fall back into that pit again? And it, and it has a lot, to do, a lot to do with these kinds of things right here. Hopefully, you know, podcasts like this will inspire people. Or if I get on YouTube and I listen to my favorite motivational speaker or my favorite pastor or my favorite uh, motivational video, even just those kinds of things, the things that you dwell on is the things that you're going to attract and things that are, that are going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's why the more we can focus on joyful, positive, happy things and the more we can focus on uh, growing spiritually and emotionally, the better human being and the better performances we're going to have. So that's really what I did. I went from just a physical guy. With, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to go out there and go hard. Yeah. I'm going to win most of the time <clears throat> to, okay, if I work on my physical game, even more than I do my physical game, I will be more successful in my physical activity, in my physical sport.
0: Yeah, I know, I think that, I think what you, big lesson there is that you kinda like, practiced being motivated, being inspired, and practiced being mentally tough over and over and over again. I think like, that's what a lot of us don't really think about it, like, I've, I've recently thought about it as something like it is a practice. Like you're not just always going to be motivated or inspired just out of thin air. Like I might seem like a, this high energy type guy all the time, but like I'm down on dumps all the time, like not motivated, not inspired, but you got to figure out those things that can pick you up so that the negative times aren't that quickly. You can rebound as quickly as you can. Cause everybody's going to be not motivated. Everybody's going to be not energetic. Everybody's going to lose, but it's about the rebound time and the gap time between the failure and the success. And, or in the rebound that's going to make the difference. Absolutely.
1: But yeah, that's why the great Zig Ziglar said motivation is re- recommended daily just like showering. Mm. We, they recommend showering daily because the shower wears off and all of a sudden your office gets stinky and all that kind of stuff. Same thing with, with it's a very, you know, a very easy way to, to say that is how motivation is. And, and we've all had it. We've all been just high on top of the mountain. We feel like we can just take hold of the world and the world is our oyster and we can take it and, and do whatever we want. And then there's those times we get in a slump. But I think also acknowledging that, I think that's one thing I didn't do. I was supposed to be Michael Chandler, the tough guy. My dad was a carpenter and he woke up at 5 a.m. and pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And my mom was this businesswoman and she was tough. And, you know, we we couldn't really show emotion much in our life. But now I'm here as a 33-year-old man admitting that I'm a flawed individual, admitting that I'm not perfect, admitting that I have my bad days, admitting that although I have been given these amazing gifts physically and mentally and emotionally, there's times where i'm not using them to, the, to my full potential and and it keeps you in check it holds you accountable um, and that 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 first actual uh, admitting it to yourself mm-hmm. is so powerful right. and i that happened to me too during that during that loss streak i realized i looked back at who i was and then i looked forward to who i wanted to be and the man that i wanted to be was a much more successful man but a man who was in tune with with who he is at a deep uh spiritual
0: level right i think i'm glad that you said like acknowledge to yourself like admit that it's on you because i think like at first that can be a tough pill to swallow to realize that like the things that you're doing are to make you not successful it's your fault yeah. but if you take ownership and responsibility for that and can swallow it and realize that like now i can if you take ownership and responsibility you realize i have some control over this i can do something to start improving and, and everything like that but where i want to go now is you you mentioned earlier how you perform in front of thousands and thousands of people in the or in the stands and on TV and all that stuff. So you perform you perform under pressure all the time and we all have to perform under pressure in much a smaller at a smaller scale whether it's work whether it's in a relationship whatever it is, we have to perform under pressure. So what is the what are a couple of keys for you that allows you to perform under pressure in the best way possible?
1: Um, I would, I would say number 1 in a you know even you know for me I'm, I'm sure I perform. I performed, You know, inside of a uh, you know a wrestling mat like this, in front of thousands of people, since I was you know 14 years old, and it was me versus another guy, my weight, around my age, and I had to say, okay, it's either me or you, and I got to win or lose. Uh, and then you then you ex- exemplify or, or magnify that ten thousand times, and then you're in a cage uh, with a guy who wants to do even worse bodily harm to you in front of millions of people. So it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. So number one is just realizing that that's not the end-all be-all and, and I it sounds it does sound crazy um, but really if the sport of mixed martial arts got taken away from me tomorrow like I said my god still loves me my family still loves me and I still love me and I know that I'm gonna have something great moving forward in my future so I think I think almost letting it go and keeping it at arm's reach and realizing that the sport of mixed martial arts or my job or my title or my my the numbers of my bank account or the numbers on my Twitter or Instagram following—that stuff does not define me. What defines me is, you know, the joy that you saw of me picking up my son, and, and and the joy that that I get by by serving and loving my wife and. Serving and loving this community here at this gym and those kinds of things and, and those things those things and those relationships are the things that are actually going to last because I've already said this the day that I retire immediately people they're going to move on to the next thing and I'm not this Michael Chandler world champion anymore I'm just old news I'm the old retired guy and that's really how it is and it sounds harsh but it, but it really is true um, so realizing that it's not as big of a deal as it, as, I, as I've made it out to be, mm-hmm. and number two, actually stepping into that cage before I actually step into the cage through visualization. Mm. You know, um, visualization is so underutilized, and people think it's people think it's so tied to sports, and it makes sense for me to talk about it because it is a sport. But it doesn't matter if it's a business meeting, a relationship, you know, things like today. You know, if it, for to use an example. I know that, and I, and I believe that you are called to, to do what you did today in front of thousands of people. So your visualization should not just be, you know, the 60 or 70 that we're here today, but closing your eyes and feeling and tasting and, and being able to touch thousands of people in a room, the energy in the room. You know, when I step into the cage, I can close my eyes and I can feel the canvas under my feet. I can smell what the canvas smells like, I can, I can hear the crowd, I can look up with my eyes closed and see the rapids and see the lights. Cause I, you know, I've been in there 20 times, but I've but I've been in there a million times in my mind. So when I step in there, I can just give myself a nice smile and say, I'm home. Mm-hmm. And whenever you can truly, I'm getting chills thinking about it, but when you, <laughs> step in, when you step into that cage, for me, you guys might think, holy cow, that's crazy. And I, trust me, I've felt that a, a lot of times, but now when I step into that cage, I got a smile and I say, I'm home. And I'm exactly where God called me to be. And I lost my last fight. Got knocked out in front of, you know, Twenty-two thousand people in an arena, and millions of people on DAZN and, and Paramount. So it's it's tough, but it also I can sit here with a smile on my face, knowing that that failure was an event, and not who Michael mm-hmm. Chandler actually is. I'm a winner, and I will always be a winner because I choose to be. Um, so number one, realizing that your vocation, your your job, your numbers in your bank account do not define you. And number two visualizing it and being there before you actually get there.
0: Yeah, I love the the first one. Don't let it define you. And, and he's not just saying that because he's with you guys. It's really easy to say that. But I watched his fight and like you said, he got knocked out in the first round. It was, it was controversial. It was controversial. But um, either way, he got knocked out in the first round and we talked on the phone beforehand. He was about to see what we were going to talk about. And he was like, open, uh, open floor, dude. Ask whatever you want to. Don't be afraid to ask about the loss. Don't be afraid to ask about the loss because that's what is most powerful for a lot of people, um, and and that's exactly what he said at the end of the fight. Like I said, it was controversial, and afterwards he could have, you know, been super upset, being like, ah, "I wasn't knocked out," um, all this sort of stuff. But he sat there in front in, in the cage in front of every single person and was like. You know what? Like he basically said, like this doesn't define me. Like I lost, I got knocked down. I don't want to take that away from him. Um, I'm gonna, I'm here to live another day, and I'm gonna get back and rebound after that. So, what are you doing now after this fight to help rebuild yourself back up for what's what's to come?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think it's, I think it's daily admitting, admitting to myself, and this is actually great too for me. This is therapy. This is therapy for me to be able to, you know, I do it through my social media, and but I also, it's great for me to have. Therapy. sitting here and, and looking at the amazing heartbeats in this room and everyone's looking at me and we talk about you know losing my last fight it's it sounds crazy but you know like even my son I can't wait till he loses I can't wait till he fails I can't wait till till he comes back from t-ball and he just loses and he's crying and we can when we can talk about it together because daddy has lost so many times I, I mean I think we we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform and to win uh, but if you can just take those chains off, if you can take off those, those handcuffs of I have to be perfect, I have to win, I have to, I have to, uh, you know, be, be perfect in every vocation that I, that I, whatever I choose, it's so free, but it's, but it also sounds like, oh, he or she doesn't care right. that much. So they're not
0: going to be successful. Yeah. He doesn't want his son to win. Yeah. Great
1: father. I, uh, trust me. My son's going to be a winner yeah. because, <laughs> because he's, because he's going to be okay right.
0: with losing. Yeah.
1: You know, not not okay where he's gonna, you know, it's the ninth thing and he's like, ah, forget it, you know, but but he's he's going to realize that man, I could hop on YouTube right now and watch Daddy lose a couple times and dang, look how he you know, look how he, he, he dusted himself off. But I think right now it's it's uh it's talking to the right people. I actually had a conversation this morning with a, a mindset coach this morning on the way here, really taking ownership of defining myself, defining who I am, defining what my you know, I know what my why is in a broad sense, but, but what it is on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, who it is that I, that I want to reach, what it is I want to continue to do with my life. And, you know, that's, those, are the, those are the kind of things, just like I'm in here flexing my muscles, lifting weights, I have to flex my brain uh, every single day and, you know, revisit the, you know, I've seen it a couple, a couple times, you know, more than a couple of me getting knocked down and, and, and the finish of that fight and that kind of stuff. Don't be afraid to, to to look at it, acknowledge it, and then move on to the to the next thing. You know, mm-hmm. and now I now I'm moving forward. Number one right now, taking care of my my wife and my son and spending that time with them because I I go down to Florida and train for eight weeks and I'm away from them and that's you know that's tough. It's it's tough being away from them and not getting to you know when you have a bad day, all, all I want to do is kiss my wife and you know, pick up my my baby and, and hang out with them. But you know you can't do that. So kind of out there in a Cave like a like a Spartan, you right. know. But so now I'm daddy, and now I'm husband, and now I'm you know gym owner, and now I'm now I'm a guy who's you know a guy who had a failure in his last out, but I know I'm gonna have a win in my next out because of the the mental preparation that I'm having right now yeah. and, and building myself up every single day and, and taking ownership of it. 2019, we have yeah. no excuse. You know, your grandpa's, your grandma's. They had to read like, you know, remember they had like phone books and they had to read encyclopedias yeah, right. and stuff. Man, I could get on my phone, my YouTube, my, my Stitcher, my iTunes and get motivation at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So there's really no excuse to not get motivated every single day. And there's so many motivational people out there.
0: Yeah, I want to say something on that because I remember it really pointed out to me when I, I think it was like episode number 12, I had a guy on who, who talked about this because that's one of the things I'm, I'm so befuddled by us, there's so much motivation out there. But what he what he made me realize was that while there's so much good content and motivation, there's even more things that distract you. So what it is is that we're wasting so much time on the bad things that we don't spend enough time looking at the good things. So if you can be relatively disciplined and intentional about looking at the good things and the good, the good podcasts that are helpful, the good content on YouTube that are helpful, then it's going to be a lot more beneficial for you and less distracting.
1: Yeah, and, and I think one of the biggest things too is... And even to go on the other side it, let's just say everything is motivational let's say all of those are good good motivational nuggets that you can use we spend so much time trying to get motivated that we get motivated yet we don't actually do anything with the motivation right. that we have right. so that's one of the hard things too is, is carving out maybe 30 minutes or one hour of, of getting pumped up getting motivated but then spending just as much time Taking defining, action. Yes, defining what it is. Mm-hmm. What can I do today to become the best version of myself? What can I do today to serve other people? You know, you can get everything you want in life if you will help enough other people get what they want in life. And that's what I've tried to live by. And um, so, spending just as much time actually taking action steps and writing things down so you can visually see them and hold yourself accountable. And then, when you accomplish those things, you can trust yourself. And then, when you trust yourself, now you can get up, get motivated again, find it. Um, find that motivation and find that that uh, excitement, and then continue
0: to check things off the list. Yeah, and no, I love that you said that because that was like my whole thing with best you and kind of how I said you, to you guys beforehand is people say best version of yourself, so much motivation out there and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, Testa, it. awesome, everybody gives you so much motivation, but it's like, give me something I can actually go do to get a little bit closer to the best version of myself, and that's what a lot of people don't do, and that's kind of the reason why I want want to have this podcast is to be able to like get super. Practical and tactical action steps out of the best people in the world at what they do so that I can be like, okay, now that's something I can go do and then take action on it. Um, so I think that's, I'm glad that you brought it there, but I want to I want to take it to Hap a little bit. I want to take it to your son. Um, I remember a, a while back when you, not long ago after I met you when you told me the adoption story and how quickly it happened. So I want you to kind of run us through that story and how quickly it happened to you guys. Man, yeah, that
1: was, uh, so it, it, it was long on the front end but then very right. short on the back end. You know, the, the adoption process, they they do background checks on everything from from financial background checks to health back che- background checks to FBI background checks and, you know, all that, like, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then a, a stack of paperwork, you know, three foot tall and so it took about 11 months to go through the whole process. And uh, we were still in San Diego, my wife and I. And so one day we got a, we, we ended up getting, or actually no, we were here whenever we actually got, when we finally figured everything out, because you got a, you know, your home study and the, the adoption process. You got, we had to actually move here, get our home study, and all that kind of stuff. And then one day we got an email that said, after about 11 months, it said, congratulations, you are now eligible to adopt. And we're like, holy cow, we look at each other, we jump up, hug, kiss. Six minutes later, the phone rings, and then you know, she's, she's a, a voice on the line says, "Hi, my name's Courtney. Congratulations, you're eligible to adopt. By the way, there's this case down in Dallas, Texas. If you you know say yes or no in the next six hours, we can uh, you know we can we can present to the birth mom, and you guys can maybe be eligible to adopt this child. but we, we didn't even get a chance yet to be excited about now being eligible. This long process." Just became really real, really quickly. Right. Um, and uh, so we're, we look at each other. We're like, "What do we do?" This is so fast. You know, you don't, you don't, you, know, you don't take the first one, or you don't. All these like crazy things right. are in your head. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and uh, but, but it matched our preferences perfectly. Um, they sent a picture. You know, it was three pictures. It was one with this beautiful little boy. You know, kind of like looking away, drooling. In the middle, looking at the camera, drooling. Other know, baby picture, but you know, I. I looked at the picture, and I'm not joking. I had the most my whole my whole body got tingly, and I just got goosebumps everywhere, and I just started sobbing. And I said, I looked at my wife, and I said, "I know this is fast, but that is my son, you know." And I just got chills. Yeah. So I, I said, "That is my son," and my wife was just like, because she was the first one on board. My wife ever since she ever since she was 14 years old, she wanted to adopt, um, and you know when we got together, I was like, yeah, absolutely. That's something I'm definitely interested in, you know, not knowing that it, if it would ever happen. Yeah. And then it became really real, really quick. So long story short, it took me a little bit, a little while to actually come around and it came around right at the perfect time. Absolutely perfect time. And here I was sitting on my table, looking at this picture crying saying, that's my son. So we said yes. And then the next morning we were on a phone, we were on a phone conversation. Two days later, we were in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Two days later, we finally got our, ch- our son had, but two days prior to that we actually signed on the dotted line to adopt him for the rest of his life without ever even knowing him holding him touching him anything oh, um, gosh and then yeah so there we were and then spent three weeks in a three weeks in a hotel room and then now here we are a year and a half later we adopted him at 10 months so he, uh he was already a bundle of joy since day one and now we, now then it became real as soon as i as soon as i looked at the picture everything changed for me as soon as those first tears came down everything changed for me and in the moment that i held him and felt his heartbeat and looked into his eyes everything really really changed for me and uh now i know like i said that masterpiece i'm, I'm trying to paint a picture that someday he will look at and say my daddy is this or my dad is that um and i, and I don't want it to be me telling him i don't want it to be my words i yeah. want him to look at who i am amongst my peers who i am to my to my mma fans who i am to to the people that who I am in the reputation that I have amongst the people in the world because that's what that's what the true character of, of a man or woman is, what their reputation is amongst their peers.
0: Right. So do you think that kind of getting hap you know, we talked a lot about earlier about not letting the role of a fighter define who you are as a person. Do you think just getting hap made that even more like solidified into you that's like now I'm a father. Like, of course, this doesn't define me.
1: Yeah. I mean, big, big time. I mean, and, and that's the thing too, you know, you guys saw, you, know, you guys saw the video. That was, that was the moment I hadn't seen him. In, two and a half weeks and that was the moment that he came into the, the hotel room or the, the hotel lobby there, and you know, that, that like shaking his hands and like all of that, that's, that's what I get every single day, you know? And, and you know, I got that The funny thing. I got that the next day after getting embarrassed in front of millions of people, yeah. woke up the next morning and I got that. He didn't care. Well, he didn't know. Yeah. He wouldn't have cared if I did, if I lost or if I won, right. Right. And that's, the, those intangible mom, moments, those intangible moments, those, those, I think that was the first time, because that was my first loss since I had, and it, it's one thing to win a fight, wake up the next morning, and, you know, it's good to see your son, this is awesome, you know, and then, but this one was different, because this was a loss, right. daddy failed, daddy, daddy, you know, fell short, and daddy got embarrassed, and daddy, um, daddy had a tough go last night. Daddy cried last night. Daddy sat there with your mom and we talked about you know what's next. But the next morning he looked at me with those big brown eyes and that you know, like, joyful smile and shook his hand like he always does in excitement and I was just, daddy. That was, yeah.
0: That's all I want to be um, and uh, that's what I'm going to be moving forward. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. So we talked a little bit about Hap. I want to talk a little bit about Bree now, his wife. Um, so how long have you been with her now? Um,
1: six years total. We'll be married five years in September.
0: Nice, nice. Well, congrats on the upcoming five-year anniversary. Uh, so through this through this time that you've been with her, what do you think has been the biggest lesson that you've learned from her, whether it's like a life lesson, whether it's through fighting, what do you think is just the biggest thing that you've learned from her throughout your time with her?
1: Uh, you know, being, being a parent, being a parent is one thing, but with, with her, the absolute selflessness and service that, that we have for one another is, is just... It's, it's mind-blowing, you know, it really is. And we've had a really tough, you know, last year and a half, two years. I mean, right. you know, for, we, we got to, we, we got together, we got married, we moved to San Diego, you know, we bought a house there, and then we moved. In, in a matter of one year, we built a house here in Nashville, we adopted a child, we opened this gym, I fought three different times, she switched jobs a couple different times, and throughout it all, everybody kept saying, holy cow, that's a lot of changes, are you, you know, how are you guys doing? And for us, we're just like, oh, we're good. You know, just brushing off and we're good, we're good, we're good. Um, but it was a lot. It was much more than we thought it was going to be. It's much, much, much more. So many different, you know, we talk about defining yourself. I, I was I defined myself as a fighter. She defined herself as an ER physician assistant. We defined ourselves as a young, happy couple with no kids. Right. And then all of a sudden we went... To the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Now we're parents. Now we're business owners. Now we moved across the country. Now we're um, now I'm still fighting and I'm still traveling and, and all of these different things. You know, and through it all, her selflessness and her steadfast, her stead, she's so steadfast and immovable through it all. When I when I get emotionally high or emotionally low, she's always right there in mm. the middle. You know, and and we do a really good job somehow. Inside of us, whenever she gets high, I'm able to keep it even keel. When she gets low, I'm able to keep it even keel, and vice versa. Bet, yeah. We're always, we're always dumbfounded as to how we're able to do that. Um, and I think that's something that's so important in, in a relationship. And I don't say that to impress anybody. I just say that to impress upon you that that don't settle. Make sure you find that person that that is is there to pull you up when you're low, bring you down when you you get a little crazy because we're all crazy. I'm definitely crazy, yeah, you know. are freaking nuts, uh, but I think that's that's just what it is, you know. And and through through all of this, the craziest times in our life, and it's all huge blessings, you know. I, I never ask for a lighter load; I just ask for wider and stronger shoulders to be able to carry, mm-hmm. you know, this this uh, this conviction that I have to, to inspire people. And we've done a lot of great things, but I think um, you know, like I said, just service service to one another and the selflessness of I'm not first, you know, is has been the most amazing thing about her and neither was so perfect but we're working on it
0: yeah alright so we got a few more questions I want to go back to uh, 23 year old Michael Chandler real quick and I want you to knowing what you know now what do you wish you knew at 23 years old when you first and you know it's actually the perfect time because you just started your career
1: yeah so now I'm 33 yeah um, so it's been 10 years and a lot of life changes and a a lot of stuff but I think you know I think back then I think the biggest thing would, would, would be be prepared for be prepared for a fallout. There, you know I never I always have competent expectancy that that good things are going to happen, but you always have to be, like I said, built up and prepared for bad things to happen. You know, I was I was winning back then, I was brand brand new to the sport. I had just all American in wrestling. Eventually I was going to have a loss. You know, when I when I look at it from the sport, eventually I was going to have a loss in the sport and I needed to be prepared like you said, I needed to be built up so much. I needed to have so much, so much self-worth and so much self-love and so much self-esteem in that bank. That when it was time to make a withdrawal from it, um, that that bank was going to be so full and it could never run out. Yeah. You know, so constantly every single day depositing something in that self-worth bank and in that self, um, that self-esteem bank. Because I always did the right things. I always, I always defined myself as a guy who, you know, I was always I was driven by fear of getting in trouble, so I never did bad things really. Um, And I always surrounded myself with the the good kids, if you will. So I always kind of did everything right, especially in the the wrestling room. You know, I was a guy who who I wasn't partying, I wasn't doing all that kind of stuff. So I always did things right, Um, but I needed to be built up. I was, you know, I was was somewhat taught to to play it safe and I was a small guy in a small town who was taught to do small things because the big things meant that you could fail. And the big things maybe meant that you were gonna rub people the wrong way because they would feel insecure around you or they wouldn't feel feel um, confident around you. And if I could go back to that 23-year-old Michael, I would say it's absolutely okay with being wildly successful as long as you love people along the way mm-hmm. and as long as you serve people along the way and as long as you stay true to exactly who you are and know exactly who you are, why, why you fight, and what you fight for. Um, and just be so built up that when the failures come and the bad times come because they will come um, that you have enough in the in that in that self-esteem bank to to carry you through because you can't consistently perform in a manner that's not, yeah. not consistent with the way you see yourself
0: Boom. I love that I love that well last couple of questions so just went 10 years back now uh, so you're 33 and 10 years you're gonna be 43 what does I know, right what does a uh, 43 year old Michael Chandler look like? What does he achieve? What does he accomplish? And what are you currently doing?
1: This kind of reminds me of that Matthew McConaughey uh, acceptance
0: speech, remember I mean. yeah, him okay, Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So maybe hopefully I look a little bit like Matthew McConaughey when I'm
0: 40. <laughs> right, make right, me right. too.
1: Right, you, know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, I think 10 years from now, I'll be done fighting. Um, I'll you know, still have half, still have three. Maybe we'll have some more kids. We don't you know, don't know. Um, I think at that point. I'm excited about that. You know, what, the older I've gotten, the more I've gotten excited about being older and wiser and just more and more mature. I mean, I think that's that's something that we forget too. 23-year-old Michael didn't have the confidence because he just didn't have the miles. He didn't have the he didn't have the reps, he didn't have the sets. He just wasn't what 33-year-old Michael is now. And 43-year-old Michael would be even more confident than I am today. And as long as you work hard, be a good person and keep surrounding yourself with the right people. You're gonna not. You're gonna do nothing but grow and grow and grow. And I think always looking forward to that 43-year-old Michael, knowing that he's gonna be wildly successful. He's going to reach millions of people with his voice and the platform that he's been able to build, um, be able to build. And um, you know, I don't know exactly what what I will be doing. I know I'll be using you know a microphone. I know I will be um, using my my past and you know the videos like you all just saw as a segue to the fight of life and the fight of of getting in the trenches and and really diving into what's between your ears and and really like you said and this is exactly what i want to do too yeah. you know building the best you possible because i think i, I heard a gem heard jim rome well i didn't hear him talking live the he's old now right an old video and he talked about that that essentially human beings are the only living organism on the planet that don't reach their full potential. You know, you've never walked past wow. a tree that didn't reach its full potential. That's what trees do. They grow and they grow and they produce foliage and they grow and they grow and they grow. Animals, the same thing. Nothing, nothing living on earth puts limits on themselves besides human beings. Wow. Whether it's taught whether it's what we were taught, whether it's who we surround ourselves with, whether it was our things in our past, whether it's fear, whether it's insecurity. Um, and all of that stuff can be, you know, it can't all be cured. You know, there's certain things that you can't just drop a hat and say, "Oh, I'm gonna have confidence tomorrow." Right. But I know I can be a more confident Michael ten years from now if I take the right steps, if I surround myself with the right people, if I work hard for long enough, and I have the integrity and the character to know that when I lay my head down at night, I know I'm doing the right things, and I know there's not a, a man or a woman alive that can say, you know, that guy shade or that guy did this or that guy did that because i think that's something too that ultimately you know chops away at your self-esteem and yourself because we all yeah. know right and wrong it's black or white we all know right, right right and wrong and when you're not doing the right things and you're not operating with integrity you can't trust yourself because you mm-hmm. know that other people shouldn't be able to trust you because you put yourself in that position yeah. and that's that's a sobering hard thing to hear um and that doesn't mean you're written off forever if you've done things that you're not proud of but if you can trust yourself ultimately, you're going to be able
0: to perform at high levels. That's awesome, dude. Well, I know you're going to be that 43-year-old man. Well, before I ask the last question, I just want to acknowledge you, Mike. First off, for being here because uh, I know you've been traveling a lot recently and I know your schedule is busy. You've already talked about all the numerous things that you have going on. So first off, for just being here and allowing everybody here to learn from you and to be able to take some actionable steps away from this. And then I also want to acknowledge you just for always showing up as who you are as a person, not who you are as a fighter. Because I think that somebody... As at the, at the level that you're at, it's so easy to get caught up in kind of the, the picture of who you are in terms of like your job, but for you to always show up as who you are as, and what you define yourself as and what you always kept going back to in this interview, I think that's super powerful and that's the most inspiring Part about you to me. And that's what I, you know, after you lost, I texted you. I thought that was so cool. I thought more people learn about who Michael Chandler is from your loss and what you said after it than what you ever could have done if you had won that. And I think you're super consistent in showing up that way. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, next ever, I want everybody here to be able to support you as much as you can. So if you're not if everybody on Instagram, he's uh, Mike Chandler MMA? Yes. Mike Chandler MMA on Instagram. what uh, what else? Is there anything coming up? You don't you, you don't know where your next fight is or anything, um, but
1: No, I don't I would probably want to fight till November. Uh,
0: Come to training camp. People yeah. can support you that yeah. way.
1: No, we have a we have an event next weekend. Yes. Uh, kettlebells and cookies. Back in back back there in the back. Right. We Zach is here as well. Kettlebells and some, eat some Christie's cookies. Christie? Yes. Yeah. And triple threat. Triple Threat is July 27th. So I mean, this is you know what what we did today. I mean, this this is what I live for. You know, I, this this place. You know, so you guys all know, and I'm sure you've heard the story. But when I was 14 years old, I there was like a you know like a job fair or a you know bring bring someone to work day, bring someone to school day type of thing. And, and there was a personal trainer, gym owner, and it really got me inspired because this 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 guy was talking about changing people's lives through fitness and gaining confidence and all that kind of stuff. And I I came home. And you know, I set my wrestling bag down, and I said, "Dad, I think someday I want to, own, own, you know, own a gym and run a gym." My dad's like. a carpenter, okay? you know, so he, he had his, his white pants on with dirt and paint on and his big work boots, um, bow legged, and you know, like me. And, and he uh, he said, "Well, son, if, if, if you want to uh, if you want to open a, a gym, I want to build it with my bare hands." <laughs> and that was 17 years ago. Uh, actually, 18 years ago now, because it was 17 years when, when we you know drove the first nail in this place, and then. training camp became what it is because my dad built you know everything you see here my dad built it it was a promise that he made to his son I wanted to to make promises like that to my son and and move forward but you know I just I wanted a place because it's it's a roof over our heads and it's four walls but it's the heartbeats inside of this place that that uh, you know we can do some really really cool things and, and just having a blast and having people like yourself and Zach and Becca and you guys coming in and doing these really cool things and then our triple threats having a bunch of people in and just giving everybody a taste of what we are with the boxing and the hit workouts and the weights and all that kind of stuff. Just having a blast and realizing that life is full of great people. The older I get, the more I realize there's so many great people on this earth to be able to just hang out with and enjoy and be around
0: and uh, that's what we do here at Twin Peaks. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, last question, uh, you know, we talked about beforehand about becoming the best version of yourself and I feel like a couple things I always lay out is I feel like becoming the best version of yourself is a constant journey like you talked on earlier humans never reach their full potential i don't think we're ever at the best version of ourselves hopefully on our last day we can have take our last breath with the confidence that we got as close as we could Um, and then i also believe that it's a very individual and unique journey like i believe that the way that you're going to become the best version of yourself is different than the way that i'm going to become the best version of myself so what i want to ask for you personally is if you could currently work on or do three things to get closer to that best version of yourself what are three things that you could currently do or currently work on
1: Um, number number one, I I love people and I love, you know, like I said, I I live by Zig Ziglar's famous words, if you can get everything you want in life, if you'll help other people get what they want in life. So I love people. I love, I love making people smile. I love serving people, but I've fallen victim to caring about what people think too much or, or being a slave to their expectations of me or being a slave to, um, you know, what I think they want. or fear of talking to them because of what how it may hurt their feelings or make them feel even though when you operate with integrity and you're operating within who you are you should never fear how you're going to make somebody feel because it sounds a little bit harsh but you're not you are not um, responsible for how for other people's feelings and Mm -hmm. sometimes we can become a slave to other people's feelings so i think number one stay true to who, who i am and. Stay true to my beliefs and my values, and serve my my wife and my son ultimately over everybody. Um, that's number one. Number two, I I really am in a in a moment and I've seen it in a season on my life where I said yes, I have spread myself too thin, so I don't trust myself as much as I as I should. Um, so I am I am currently going through the process that we talked about, defining what can I do every day so I, so I can rebuild and regain trust back in myself mm. and. Um, You know lastly lastly like i said um performing performing at a level that i want to inside the cage has everything to do with the way that i see myself um and just through my actions whether it be winning or whether it be losing whether it be winning belts losing belts whether it be retiring tomorrow if i want to or fighting for 10 more years um just staying exactly true to who who i am and being able to serve people by what they see. Like you said, it, it was pretty cool. I, I do think I, I, I probably gained more respect and gained more fans and more more following because of the way that I handled the loss, and it probably impacted people more. Um, so, you know, obviously I didn't go out there and try to lose, right know, it just happened, but I think I, at 33 years old, I look back and there's been so many bad things that have happened, but if something good came from something bad happening, was it really a bad thing? Or was it just a stepping stone, was it just a, a a catapult to becoming, trying to become the best version of myself? And you're always going to be trying to, like you said, attain the best version of yourself and and, and you're going to continue to move that goalpost. You know, if I'm happy with myself today, okay, that's good, pat myself on the back, but I know that goalpost, I have to move it another 100 yards, another 100 yards, because we're always on this journey. Um,
0: So that was a couple things right there. Boom, dude. I love it. That's all we got. Appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate you. Also, give it up for Mike, guys. That was awesome. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with one friend or family member. Just take the link from the podcast or text them, hey, check this out, nickcarrier.com slash podcast, and it'll take them right to the episode. And if you like this episode with Michael, make sure you leave the podcast a rating and review. If you're on the Apple Podcast app, all you gotta do is click on the podcast, scroll to the bottom, click a quick rating and write a quick review, a quick sentence, maybe your favorite thing about Michael, maybe your biggest takeaway or anything like that. And if you're gonna leave a rating and review, you might as well enter the podcast giveaway that's going on right now that ends tonight at 6 p.m. This Monday at 6 p.m. It is over with, so nickcarrier.com slash giveaway. If you follow me on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, leave a quick rating and review, and put your email in on that website, then you enter yourself for a chance to win a $50 Visa gift card, a best you coffee mug, and two best you pens. So nickcarrier.com slash giveaway. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Also, for those of you here in Nashville, make sure you get your ticket to my second ever live event. This was my first one with Michael doing my second one on saturday september 14th at 10 a.m at yeehaw brewing company just go to nickcarrier.com slash events for a 15 dollars ticket nickcarrier.com slash events for the inspiring event of the fall we want to spread this message if you know someone who doesn't have the best view of themselves or the highest self-confidence then be their hero today and send them this episode if you know someone who is feeling like they're drowning in failure, or that they keep finding themselves on the losing side of things, inspire them by sending them this episode, so they can hear how Michael bounced back after his six hundred eighty-eight day losing streak. To learn more about Michael, you can find him on Instagram at mikechandlermma, and come check out Michael's badass gym called Training Camp, and you can find that on Instagram as well at Training Camp Nashville. Remember, don't let your job define you. Your character defines you. Who you are when you're with your family, your loved ones, your friends—that defines you. Honesty, integrity, trust, those are the things that we all need to work on and to master in order to heighten our own self-image and then in turn heighten what the best version of ourselves actually looks like. Don't let failure hold you down. We're all going to fail. We're all going to lose. Get something wrong. Screw up. It's inevitable. So expect it. But also expect to get up quickly, time and time again, because it's those who minimize the gap time between failure and rebounding from it that go on to win. Thank you guys so much for listening, for sharing this episode, and for rating and reviewing the show. But for now, you know what time it is. It's time to go out and upgrade yourself to get closer and closer to your best you.